the people who are closest to you are the ones that will fight the hardest to keep you where you are. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Today, I have Stephanie Fitani, right? Is that, that's how I said, right? Stephanie Fitani? Yes, um, that's right. Stephanie is a content marketing strategist and traffic growth coach. She helps clients generate more leads and clients through their blogs and websites using content and SEO. Now, Stephanie started her entrepreneurial journey as a programmer, basically, and that really relates to what I'm, I'm coming from a design background. Stephanie comes from a development background, and she also comes from the SaaS businesses, kind of, you know, B2B, SaaS. Um, and right now, what she does is she helps people from the SaaS businesses, the tech, you know, B2B companies, um, but also coaches and online entrepreneurs grow their website traffic and get more leads using proven content marketing strategies and effective SEO techniques. Now, if you talk about that, you know that I work with these kind of people, like also coming from my past industry and also from the current industry of online entrepreneurship. And it's kind of like that's where it all connects because, Stephanie, you serve the same kind of people. I serve the same kind that's of right. people. But I, I basically, I serve them with my design agency and you serve them through SEO and content uh, marketing. So, um, so that's pretty interesting. Um, so, Stephanie, you also manage an online marketing team right now with your agency. Like you've managed uh, a, a team, like you built an agency for 11 years, right? Yes. And, and so basically, can you tell us a bit, a bit about that? Let's start with that topic, like you built them an agency. Yes. Well, that was actually a very quick decision. Um, all those years ago, I think, yeah, it was about 12 years ago now, I think. Um, yeah, my, my husband um, was not my husband at the time, actually. <laughs> we oh, set up, yeah, we were business partners before oh, we nice. were actually married. Wow. Yeah, so um, he had uh, a great reputation locally as a creative director. Okay. And he was like the creative director that got, uh, you know, handpicked, uh, headhunted would be the word, headhunted by all the large agencies. So, you know, everyone around him was saying, hey, why don't you set up your own thing? And, yeah. you know, at the, same, at, the, at the time I was just sort of programming for all the different uh, agencies. So I wasn't like really committed to any. <laughs> I was like freelancing. Freelance um, developer. Nice. Yeah, that's right. And I used to go to all the different agencies and I had all the different business cards. It was quite funny because Malta is a small place. It's like 24 yeah. kilometers by 36. So, yeah, so you're in Malta, like, you're based in Malta. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So it's a small place, but there are lots of agencies and there's like five, maybe 10 big ones. And yeah. I like had a business card for each one. And I <laughs> used to like go to meetings with our marketing team but in such a yeah. small place. It's just almost ridiculous. Funny. And yeah, and what happened was that I slowly got into marketing then. Because what was happening was that, you know, this was in the days of dial-up. <laughs> and, you know, I, I used to do a lot of flash animation and connect that wow. to databases. <laughs> so I, I did sort of wow. the design yeah. side as well. Yeah. And, and what used to happen is that a lot of the marketing people used to sell things you couldn't build. Or rather stuff that you could build most of the time, like a, like a full screen video that you could build, you know, in those days, but yeah. it wouldn't stream on dial up. It would take like 30 minutes to load. Yeah. So this happened a few times. And then the agency started sending me out with, what, what year was with that, these marketing by the way? people. Because you're talking about like 2004, 2005. 
that word like yeah, yeah yeah i i started programming in 2000 2001 more or okay. less yeah got it and yeah then, and and then got officially qualified in 2003 but i'd been got freelancing because that, that was the times of dial-up internet connection yeah yes so, yes yeah. indeed yeah. and and yeah and then i sort of i started sitting with these uh, people and i used to and then later i started uh programming uh, what do you call them? Facebook apps. You remember the Facebook apps? Yeah. Just to collect yeah. leads and there'd be competitions right. and right. all this stuff. That's so funny. sort of I got more and more involved with these marketing teams. And then I realized yeah. that they were selling stuff like billboards. Yeah. And, you know, like posters and things like that, that you couldn't measure the ROI on. You couldn't measure yeah. how much return the client was getting. And I was like, this is so unethical. <laughs> <laughs> I just... You know, being a programmer and think, you know, always sort of, uh, you know, you, you kind of think about things in a different way when right. you when you don't come from from that background. And I was like, no, yeah. I said I would never sell any kind of marketing that you cannot measure. So to cut a long story short, um, you know, I got more into marketing, and then my husband was like, yeah, maybe we should. And and there were a couple of friends involved as well, and we just set up. Uh, we decided to set up this agency. We called it Defined Branding. Um, cool. That has that has an interesting story as well. Um, but the language may not suit your program. We <laughs> 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 were looking at some, um, you know, words that had impact. Um, but anyway, okay. we called it Defined Branding. And yes, we couldn't believe the, the domain was free. It was like defendbranding.com. Cool. And, you know, and soon, soon we set it up and... We started growing pretty fast, although we kind of set up at a very strange time because it was 2008. Uh-huh. And it, for us, it was the time where we, were, we had like one year where we had the old currency, which was the Maltese Lira, and we were taking on the euro because we had joined the EU. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah. So it was a difficult time in terms of accounting. Um, and it was also sort of like, two or three months before we hit a recession <laughs> right yeah which of course for a design agency is is never ideal yeah um but yeah and sort of that's that's how it happened we just decided and it, it happened really really quick and one uh, interesting thing is that when i went when i actually we hired the place and i went out to buy the furniture um, it was a really hot August and I was fainting about and I was like, you know, my husband was like, you're not looking well. And I found out I was pregnant. Oh, wow. Wow. Wait, <laughs> so, so back then, was he already your husband or? No, but we were like, we were supposed to get married in September and oh, I found bad. out I was pregnant in August. Wow. So we were getting married on the 6th of September. So wow. it was all really fast. So it was company, yeah. marriage and and baby all at once 2008 2008, 2008 obviously okay. then my daughter was born in 2000 in early 2009 so yeah okay got it nice <laughs> but it was a it was all a little bit crazy yeah <laughs> it's uh, yeah. one of those things wow so basically 2008 and it was a recession time and everything it was actually a pretty good year for you i guess like you know finding out you're pregnant starting the agency and seeing it's you know it's developing and so it sounds like a good year so far Yes, well, I still had my previous job, uh, because as well as uh, being a programmer, um, my main job was actually um, 
I had previously been uh, when I when I graduated, I actually graduated as a teacher and specialized in children with special needs, autism specifically. Oh, really? So, okay. but it kind of happened really quickly because I was sort of very tech savvy and mm-hmm. people in that, in that sphere, you know, it was difficult to find tech savvy people. With, and of course, tech is a big thing when it comes to, uh, when it comes to, you know, uh, disability. So of course uh, it was, I was fast tracked and I was working at national yeah. level. Yeah. Um, and I was like ordering, uh, like doing uh checks and ordering basically all the equipment that all the schools uh, needed you know doing t- it was it was very um, complex but it was also very short in the sense that you know government departments here close off at the education government departments they close off at like 2 p.m so yeah. it was always like a part-time job which yeah. which i'd say i stopped doing that when we opened the agency so um, it was a big change for me because I I, I basically um, stopped doing that job and stopped programming freelance all at once. And then suddenly I was, you know, working in the agency part time at first. And so I started off working with the accounts, funnily enough. <laughs> so I was programming and doing the accounting um, because I used to be pretty good at accounting when I was young. I actually did my A-level for fun (laughs) if so you can say so you're very data i I say like oriented right like you're very analytical and yes um i would say i like numbers i would say i'm 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 a bit of a crazy brain because i'm half of each because i love the data but i i also have the very creative side and and it's like the, the, the 20 ideas a minute or 200 yeah. ideas a minute so, sort of entrepreneurial brain, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I want to I get into that for a second because I, I want to fast forward that story of you building the agency mm-hmm. just because I don't want to get into too many details regarding, mm-hmm. um, you know, regarding the agency because it's not what we're here to talk about mostly. Mostly we're here to talk about decisions, priorities, yes. um, you know, courageous commitments and, and, and stuff that you've been doing, courageous action, actions that you took in order to be where you are today. So you, you, you mentioned that you started the agency with, you know, with just a few friends and, you know, it sounds, sounds pretty cool. I mean, so far, nothing major, nothing, you know, extreme has happened. Um, what was the, what was the, when did it come to the point where you're like, or I don't like, this is too big and or, you know, to that point where you had enough of it? Yes, well, I think it happened when we hit more or less, you know, 10 employees. Mm-hmm. So there was 10 employees, um, two directors and myself. And I think that's when it started feeling a little bit too much because, you know, I used to get up early in the morning to you know, make sure that, you know, the studio manager has everything he needs. And I think the hair that broke the camel's back was actually, uh, unfortunately, something uh, something in my husband's uh, personal life, of course, and my own, uh, that happened. His, his parents died six weeks away from each other. Wow. Which was a big shock, uh, a very big shock. Um, How did that happen? Which... Well, his dad wasn't well, so we knew that, you know, he was terminal and, you know, that took about a year. And of course, it's, it, it was um, it was very stressful 
Um, fortunately, he lived very close to, to where our offices are. Yeah. So to where our offices were at the time. And, you know, it was very easy for my husband to be there and, and help his mom and everything. But six months off, six weeks after he passed away, uh, his mom um, died as well. From, from what? She had, um, what's it called? Um, a stroke. That's right. A stroke. She had a stroke, yes. Wow. And she was on medication that made things sort of uh, happen really quickly as well because um, wow. she had a number of other problems. And, and that's happened really quickly. And, and then, you know, he was, he was away from the company for quite a few months, um, about eight months, close to a year, I think. Yeah. He used to come every now and then, but, you know, he wasn't in the right frame of mind because he was taking care of, you know, uh, all the inheritance papers and yeah. everything and um and you know clearing the house especially because they had a big house and there was a lot of stuff to clear and you know a lot of workers to deal with and selling the property and all of that yeah. and and I think it was also a process that he needed to go through um because he also has siblings and you know it it got very complicated at one stage and he just couldn't you know your personal life yeah. really gets in the way when you're when you own your own business and it yeah. was he just couldn't function at that stage and he couldn't see it but of course all the people around him could see that the he just he just wasn't in the right frame of mind yeah. although he really wanted to because sometimes you think hey I can do this I'm strong but you know uh, everybody needs space so basically we just agreed to let him take a little bit of space and you know and I took over a lot of the responsibilities. So now so I was doing with like a lot of stuff on your on your plate. Yes. Um, so before that, I used to take care of the management and the accounts and the, and the hiring people and and also my department, which was the web department. So you know the online marketing and the programs. And then and then now I also needed to take on studio, which was doing audiovisual and design. And of course, it took a lot of, you know, uh, we realized that sort of we were also hitting the, it was 2013. So we were hitting the five-year mark, which is that place where all your systems break. Yeah. But you've, you've grown so quick. Yeah. So I actually had to go in and do something which comes pretty natural to me, fortunately. And... I actually, at the time, was doing Todd Herman's 90-day year, which came oh, okay. in really, really useful. So you knew Todd and Herman before the Upreneur Summit. Even. Like, yeah. Oh, yes, yes. I, I'd worked with, with Todd Herman before. Yeah. And I worked on, you know, creating systems. And it was, it was a lot of work, <laughs> a lot of work. But it worked out because actually it, it was, uh, because we had grown so quickly, we, we came to a point where we were not terribly profitable at all. And this really helped. The systems we saw really helped turn things around. You know, simple things like having um, a minimum fee for things that take even as little as 15 minutes sometimes. We always had, you know, the minimum fee became suddenly an hour and a half. And the little jobs suddenly were like really making up for, for the extra time that you put in on the big projects yeah. kind of thing. So that made a big difference. Um, but then, yeah, that, that was the big thing. And then, you know, my husband came back and I think the difficulty came when the team had got used to then working in a different way 
and my husband, like I mentioned, you know, has a very different style. Um, so there was a lot of conflict then with the identity of the company. So it became quite hard um, to sort of settle again after he came back. And then again, I always felt that we grew too quickly because, you know, I, I, I was quite happy being a freelancer, admittedly. I, I never imagined that, you know, we'd set up a company and it would turn into a 10, 12 employee company. And by the way, um, well, it like wasn't something I particularly... How much, sorry for interrupting, but like I'm saying like 12, yeah. 10, 12 people company is something that you can like build. But question is, you said you had problems with profitability. What was your revenue like, if, if I can ask? Like six figures, well, seven it figures? Was, yes, no, it was, it was six, uh, a good six figures, a good six okay. figures. But yeah. we had very high wages because um, what happened was that during probably from 2010 onwards, we saw quite, quite a big difference. So in the beginning, in fact, we were more profitable. What happened was that the gaming industry became really big here. Yeah. It was always important, but suddenly it boomed. Yeah. And in the gaming industry, people who do you know, 3D animations, people who do design, um, yeah. even very basic beginners can get paid up to like 4,000 euros a month. So we saw our payroll just skyrocket because there became, there was this mentality locally of, you know, employees always jumping onto the next boat to get right. a higher wage. Right. And suddenly it's, we were competing. It still exists, I guess, you know, in, in, at least in the design yes. it's, it still exists. Um, but we were in Malta, it came to a point where, there was like where people were importing workers from abroad because there was none left in the local talent pool. Huh, wow. <laughs> it was like yeah. it, it was like a real a real shortage, yeah. which of course for a small company becomes very hard to to keep up with, with the wage expense because that's an yeah. ongoing monthly, you know. Yeah. Um, but somehow, you know, uh, we survived and, and it worked okay. But, you know, I think what, what really did it for me and what, what made me suddenly realize um, was that I actually, of course, we used to have uh, a lot of arguments, me and my husband, who was a director, because we didn't agree on the vision of the company. We wanted to take it in different directions. I was yeah. quite happy to keep it small. And he had worked for really large agencies, so he could really see where it could go. Yeah. So I think there was also the difficulty of the different partners having a different vision for the company. Yeah. Um, but also there was also the fact that, you know, I didn't particularly want to be in a, in a job that felt so corporate. And I kind of, you know, for me, family and freedom were always more important. I, I just didn't find any freedom in that. And I was used to having, in, in spite of, you know, even sort of working a government job, I had a lot of freedom before, even as a freelancer, you know, yeah. I, so this for me was like, wow, okay, so there's no freedom. There's also the fact that when you have a baby, you also lose certain personal freedoms. So that was happening in my personal life, and it was right. happening at work. And I didn't feel like myself anymore. Because for me, that was a really big, yeah. a really big sort of ideal to live, you know. Yeah. So that's what was so, building the stress. Yeah. So I want to just like, and I, I think a lot of people here, like listening to the show, are in the place where they're constantly reevaluating, mm -hmm. right? Their 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 status and like um, 
if they're not feeling well and a lot of unwell feelings are popping nowadays, right? Because of COVID mm-hmm. and the whole situation. That's right. Um, my guess is like, you gave something that we can uh, pull from this story, which is mm-hmm. realign your values. Like think about your values first. And I also heard it from Jay Shetty was talking about this. It's like, what are your values? What do you value? And then how does your values come to fruition in your life at the moment? Are you happy with the way it comes you know, about or not? If not, in, what indeed. do you have control? Yeah. Absolutely. And that's when, uh, when things uh, changed for me. Um, I didn't hire a coach right away. I hired a business consultant first uh-huh. um, because... Well, same thing, no? Or- I, well, <laughs> not exactly. Not in this case. Well, it is. Yeah. it was kind of the same thing, yes. It, yeah. Because um, what happened was that I evaluated the way forward and I sort of drew up a, a case scenario, yeah. um, which I would be happy with. Um, and I ran sort of the figures and everything by and the projections by business consultants and then spoke to the business partners and um, they, were not, uh, they were not on board sort of with the same vision. And that, I think, is, is very important in the right. sense that if, if you have partners, it's important to check because we never checked. We set up so quickly and we were sort of really naive. We didn't check whether we were aligned with each other's vision. And when somebody doesn't ask you that question, you kind of don't even know what your vision is sometimes. Right. So you can't do a business plan without having vision. And I think this, right. is, this is a big trap. Yeah, I, I think it definitely goes along with my story as well because I started my, my first business when I left the... Uh, tech industry I left it to become to work on my blog I had a blog and it made money and I left for doing that full time oh. uh, with, with a business partner and um, about a year later we were not able to like a year later I found myself in, in debt and was not able to monetize and uh, working my ass off and lost all my freedom lost all my you know hurt my relationship with my wife and my kids and I was just not completely the opposite of why I left my day job, you know, and that's, and that's when I hired a coach and I flew him in from the U.S. And the first thing he asked me is like, what's your vision? Let's talk about your vision. And when he asked me that, I'm like, wait, what? Like, nobody really asked me that. I never even thought, what, what's a vision? Yeah, tell me about it. And, and he's like, yeah. And, and, and through that vision, I came to manifest. Like, once that happened, starting working with him, I, I you know, did in, in six months from then I, I like accomplished things I never think I, I would ever accomplish in my life without one um, because the vision helps you kind of like manifest right like it, it gives you direction and once you put your attention and focus on some direction then luck happens what people call luck it's just you know attention focus right um, that's right that's right it's it's quite amazing I mean like I said I work a lot with SEO and I find that you know people talk about vision and the law of attraction and all these different things and it's like you said it's all the little things your vision affects all the little things you do because sometimes in spite of the fact that I know that SEO works I find myself when I shift when I shift my vision, for instance, I shifted, you know, about about a year ago. I I, I really shifted my target audience in my marketing. Um, I still work with a lot of different people, but mm-hmm. I completely focused my marketing on coaches, and and that kind of shifted my mindset and also my vision for for that sector of my business. And you start seeing things happening, and 
you don't know why. And it's like right. you said, it's the little things you do right. because you have that vision so clear in your yeah. head. Yeah. And, and I think, I think it's exactly like, like, I think it's exactly the thing that what you just said, like, you know, even in SEO, even in technical places, the vision part and the law of attraction, it works. It's, it's just crazy. Um, because I, I, and I, I know like we, we can, I, we can talk a whole, like in, in a whole hour just about this, you know, but, um, I, the thing of this right now, um, we're, everyone has their job and their job has technical stuff, which if you say technical, it means computerized, meaning it's right. zero and ones, right? I mean, like you can't say it's a lot of attraction, woo -woo, those kind of stuff, like zero and ones, also money, mm -hmm. zero and ones. But when you manifesting, when you say, I'm going to make this, and when you put your focus and attention on something, there's, some, there's something bigger than us, which is the energy field and everything like that, like whatever they, they're talking about. I know it just happens, right? I mean, things happen. That's right. That's right. Yes. And, you know, some people tell you, I believe it works. Some people don't. I mean, I don't know. I'm a big fan of Denise Duffield Thomas. I don't know if you know her. Denise? Um, Denise Duffield Thomas. She's known as the lucky bitch, basically. Okay. Um, she wrote a book with that name. That's why. <laughs> I'm not just calling her that. Okay. <laughs> she okay. called herself that. Yeah. And it's quite interesting because it's all about manifestation. And, you know, it's, it's quite interesting how she did it. Her first book was full of typos, but she just got it out there. Yeah. And it's a really great book. And in it, it's funny because she explains on how to get the law of attraction to work for you in a very nice. basic, simple way. And I, she was talking about how she won uh, a lottery or how she won a trip in the book. And it's quite funny because when I was doing the exercises, I actually won a holiday. <laughs> Too. Oh, nice. So I was like, nice. this stuff works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I saw, um, it's funny that we got to talk about this um, because I saw just, uh, just, okay. So a week ago or two weeks ago, um, I'm, I'm big in manifestation. I have a lot of stories regarding that since I started working with this coach. Um, and and uh, I, I manifested things like getting on Pat Flynn's podcast. Pat Flynn's podcast? Pat Flynn's name was on the list. Impossible. The, 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 right. I said, I flew in that coach from the US and he came and he asked me, what's your vision? And one of the items in my vision is if in six months I'm going to make it, if, because I was totally in debt. I was just like in, a, in, in the red in the, at the bank. Like I didn't know how I'm going to get my next uh, paycheck. I really don't. I really didn't know that. And um, I was like, you know, if I make a, a specific amount of money, then, you know, I'll you know, I'll, I'll be just so grateful. And I knew I made it. And I know then if I did that, my story would be able to empower others. So I want to be on Pat Flynn's show. And I wrote two, two names. On. I wrote JLD or Pat Flynn, either mm -hmm. one. And if I get on, uh, if I, if I manage to do this, then I want to be on one of those guys shows in six months, only booked, not to appear already, but only just be booked on the, on the, on the podcast to speak about my story. Um, so six months from then, I doubled my financial goal and seven months from then I was, it was crazy because I flew into social media marketing world in San Diego and I found mm -hmm. myself in the same meetup with Johnny Dumas and Pat Flynn in the same room. Ooh. I managed to connect with both of them. And in seven months I was booked on Pat Flynn's show, seven months. So it was kind of like, Fantastic. Was, yeah. So love attraction works. And um, so last week I started 
going in a bit deeper into that, uh, do you know Andy Frisella? Yes, I know Andy Frisella through your posts. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, nice. Yes. So, I, yes, I actually discovered him through one of your stories. Um, that, nice. was, that was very interesting, actually. Okay, so the funny thing is, um, so uh, you, you said you know Andy through through, um, through, right, posts, through yeah. my post. So um, Andy uh, Frisella interviewed a guy named uh, David Meltzer and another guy called Carlos... Uh, Carlos something with a Y. Anyways, these guys were amazing, both really successful businessmen, like multimillionaires, um, mm-hmm. self-made. And they were talking about manifestation and they were talking about the law of attraction. And I'm like, wow, I need to really get into, um, into this, into this, like, like more into manifestation, law of attraction, because it's just at this time where... I'm building my own, right now I'm building my own agency um, and I started in 2020 and I'm like, it's going well. I'm like, how do I manifest things? You know, how do I use this? How do I leverage the power that I already have with manifestation? I saw some videos and I saw a video by this guy. I got to this rabbi talking about it from the Kabbalah sense and I got to this other post of this like other millionaire talking about it and I got, and then I found the documentary on Netflix of The Secret. You know The Secret, the book? So they yes, got it. Yes. They got, they got I watched it last summer, actually. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> yes. Cool. I. <laughs> yeah. So I. It, yeah, I saw that while I was on holiday this year. <laughs> on holiday. Okay. Cool. And and you're talking about the documentary, right, on Netflix? Yes, the documentary yeah. called "The Secrets" on Netflix. Right. Right. Okay. Cool. So one of the things they talk about, right, is um, if you put like when you want to manifest something, when you want to, uh, you got to put your attention on what you want and not what you don't want. Because if you put your attention on what you don't want, you actually are going to get that. So, you know, when we have a shitty day and we put our attention on what we are now, that's a shitty day. Oh, my God, I can't believe that happened. You'll actually get more of it in a loop. And that's why shitty days are just a chain of shitty events, right? Um, and so, like, and that makes so much sense because when I already interviewed Pat Flynn on my show, Pat told me he's trying that on his shitty days where instead of putting the focus on the shitty stuff, he puts your attention, his attention on what's, and uh, just um, kind of like manifesting that it's going to be a great day and that works. And since then, it really changed my shitty day. Every time I have a shitty day, just I just you know say, no, it's going to be a great day, amazing day. And it turns out to be an amazing day. Um, That's right. Right. And so what happened to me and going back to the discussion about tech and stuff like that, like you talk about SEO, I have right now a, a website that we started building for a client and the website went completely wrong. Like uh, the person that was supposed to build it was not technical enough uh, eventually. Like I, I figured out last moment and then um, the developer that we brought on did not deliver. So we had to fire him and get another developer. The other developer tends to be also like, he, they, they talk like they really know their stuff. They didn't. Um, so, and it took very long time for this thing to finally finish. We're at the last stretch of the website. And then last week was the deadline. A day of the deadline, my developer calls me, the developer calls me and tells me, listen, we have a problem. I just found a bug that I really, I just can't solve. Sorry. I'm like, what? what? What do you mean? <laughs> like, we're on the deadline. You can't solve this bug? Uh, no, it's something, you know, with the all these plugins that we put and like, you know, they clash and there's no solution on the internet. Like we can't solve it. I mean, what? And this client's already super pissed at me for yeah. you know, being late already. <laughs> and now I'm going to miss a second deadline. Not only miss it, but say, you know, we got, so we got a problem that we cannot solve. And the whole day was about phone calls with her and another developer and like, like trying to find a solution. 
no solution in sight. And um, I had to talk with the, I had to talk with the client and, you know, that, that day um, and tell him about this and say, so I told him like, listen, we're figuring this bug out, you know, let's be in touch next week. And um, I felt so bad, but I said, actually, it came at about 5 p.m. Where I, where I told myself this whole day, I was putting my attention on this bug and why I don't want it. Like on the shitty situation, I put my attention on the shitty situation with this bug and everything that happens around this bug and that I don't yeah. want it and that it's not fair and that, you know, how come it comes at this time? Like, and what happens if I shift my focus? And that was the day after I saw the secret documentary. What happens if I shift my focus, like they said, on <laughs> feeling that the bug has been solved and, and, and imagining that the bug will be solved and actually really believing that the bug will be solved, no matter what, not even like if the two developers told me it's, it can't be solved. Like I was just like all around, this is going to be solved. So I did that since 5 p.m. 11 p.m., I get a message from the developer. I solved the bug, <laughs> you know? like oh my god zero and ones right like in a way it's tech but at the end of the day it's just so possible so that's right that's right and that's the kind of developer you want you know when i was a developer i was like that i couldn't go to sleep if i had there was a bug in what i was building i just (laughs) couldn't (laughs) i could stop between different phases but you know it's it's like this thing and then i mean it's it's interesting you're talking about the law of attraction because that's something I struggled with in the beginning. I, I, my first coach, she was like, I don't believe in the law of attraction. I believe in that you do the work and, yeah. you know, and having a very scientific brain, maybe coming from programming in, in an environment where you, maybe I am inclined to, to, to be drawn to these things personally, yeah. but in an environment where, you know, you're used to training with other programmers and you a lot of other, you know, even design and, you know, agency people, it's not something you can talk about. Right. So it, right. it was a bit difficult for me to sort of combine this, especially since also like my first coach when that was helping me build an online business, she was like that as well. Um, but then later I started working with other coaches and I discovered Joe Dispenza. Oh, Joe Dispenza. Who I think beautifully marries. He gives you the scientific yes. behind that and then again i, I yes. think it was um, it's quite amazing i discovered about joe dispenza like a couple of weeks before he was having uh like a five-day retreat here in malta no and shit. i was like what <laughs> I yeah you go? i was like i didn't manage to go there were no tickets to be oh found yeah anywhere. right 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 he sold out like months in advance he sold out like- months in advance but I was like isn't that weird it's like I've just you know started I read his book in a couple of days which one is it breaking the habit of being yourself or you're the placebo yes that's one breaking the habit of being yourself yeah Yeah. wow I mean and what I loved is in the in the in the beginning of that book is how he sort of really appeases your scientific side and kind of talks about you know how how it all works and um, of course, it doesn't go into all the scientific details, but but it's enough to help you sort of be at peace with that part of your brain that says, oh, you know, is this real? Is this? But then you try it and it works and you're like, well, yeah, if it works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I and it's one it's like it makes a lot of sense. And it's funny that you mentioned Dr. Joe Dispenza because I was actually I, I uh, purchased a live stream from one of his workshops this week. 
So I was two days ago. I was um, mm-hmm. I attended a live stream of like three hours um, where it was talking and um, yeah. I mean, I I love Dr. Joe Dispenza. I I read you're the you're the placebo first, um, and then after that, mm-hmm. I started reading you Becoming Supernatural. Have you have you read that one? I haven't, um, but it's it's on my sort of yeah. next next 10 books to read list because yeah. I've always got a, a waiting list of books yeah <laughs> I mean it's really heavy it's really it's a heavy book because he actually mentions a lot of scientific terms in it and it's like yeah. full of diagrams and yeah this this book he starts with the disclaimer he's like in my previous books I really cared about the people that are going to say that you know this is not completely science and um, like you know disregard the woo stuff and I really cared about what they have to say in this book since I've done like already like you know helps you know, thousands of people like cure illnesses that by regular medicine is not like, you know, ha- had a chance to cure. Like then I don't, it's kind of like in, in, in a good language, it says, I don't even fuck about like anybody else right now. And I'm putting this with no excuses. And also I don't want to apologize to anyone for my, you know, for the way I'm writing this book, because this book for me is a real science. And this is what, I, you know, so I don't care about it. if you don't want to read it, you can put this book down right now. And kind of, that, that, that was kind of like the way he starts this book. It's kind of like, I don't care if you don't, if you don't believe in what I have to say, just don't read this book. But if you do, this is actually like, here you go, science for you. And th- then it just got, go, it gets into all the terms, like all the terminology that talks about like everything that, and it all makes sense. Um, at the end of the day, um, there's a thing and we have our habits and therefore, our brain is information, right? So our being is based off of information. When we learn new information, it changes our being sometimes, but sometimes it's, it comes through one ear and comes out the other. So if, that's right. right? And, and we tend to live by the information from the past. What's information? That's data. Data is being stored, and then we can use that data to predict the future. So most human beings live by their past and determine their future by their past. And um, he says even at age 35, it's, it's, that's it. Like it's so fixed, it's really, really hard to change. Your past will determine your future and that's it. And, um, and so if we understand that we humans in this society, that's the only way we're living, we're living by information that comes in and feeding from our past, feeding our future, right? Then we are stuck as prisoners in our own circumstances. And the only way to break that, if we don't have the past to use and we don't have the future to use as tools, because those are compromised, then the only thing we have is the present moment. So it's That's not right. the past, it's not the future, it's the present moment. But the thing is, this day and age, it's really hard to get the present moment. Like there's no way yes. to stop a you know, modern person from a Western country to think about the present moment, they, you know? So that's, and then he starts talking about the, the ways in meditation where if you put your mind focusing on space and not in yourself, then you put your mind at least at ease for a second. And then that's where you can infiltrate and create changes in the way you think. And then you can start really thinking about the future in a different sense. So it was very interesting. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I, that's the law of attraction. Like if you, Right, you have to be still, and you have to manifest. You know what you want in the future, and when you're aligned, um, when you align your future, not based on past experiences, but based off of purity, like you know nothingness, and say if there is nothing, 
the still environment, what can I now do with it? What can I, you know, how can I fill this nothingness? And that's when the future is open, wide open for you to manifest anything into your life. And um, so that's the interesting part, I think. Right? That's, that's, that's amazing. Yes, I really must read this book you mentioned now, the, <laughs> the last one of Joe Dispenza. I really yeah. must, must go and have a look at that. Yes, I think, you know, it's, it's one of those things where once you have read it and once you sort of know this, it, I mean, for me, for a while, uh, it became actually really clear when, you know, you meet other, other business people and you see that they are stuck in this where they are today because they yeah. are still looking backwards and they're, they're not looking at the present or the future. Yeah. Um, they're just looking back and, and they feel so stuck and you kind of want to save them, but you can't <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's part, I think of our own personal development and it's something we have to want. And it's something that has to find us in a way we cannot do it for others. We cannot, uh, we cannot do go through their journey for them. So yeah. I think that was the difficult part. Um, the difficult part as well as having business partners because you know I actually saw a post on Facebook from one of my old mentors yesterday and she said do not start your first business with partners and I said hell yes of course I totally agree with that and this is exactly what she meant she said when you when you're you know when you're starting out very often you don't have enough of a clear vision and you're going to be swayed in all sorts of directions so to start off so it's a bit like having a relationship. If you don't really know yourself, yeah. um, it, you can't really have a, a good, strong relationship with somebody else. So I right. think that's, that's reflects in business as well. Yeah, I, I definitely came across that one. You know, I had the partner and we left our day jobs and we thought we were doing, we were cool. But, you know, we didn't have, we didn't know ourselves as business owners, like, like, you know, just street cats, right? Like this trying to get our way in life right. like we, we didn't know what we we're doing and we found ourselves like we didn't also have a vision for ourselves we had a business plan like you said but the business plan was not a vision and then when once we weren't aligned on the vision and we we didn't even discuss and communicate our own visions to oneself because we didn't think of our own visions and, and so eventually things clashed and clashed and clashed and eventually he pulled in one direction and pulled in the other and uh, you know yeah, it's exactly like you say. You cannot also manifest things for the other person and they have to manifest it for them in a sense. And yeah, so yeah, do not start your business as with partners is a good recommendation. I guess like if you if you go into business and you know, you're with a partner, just make sure you both have personal visions and then talk about your aligned vision together, what you want to create together. At least do that. I guess that's kind of like my takeaway from my business partner experience that's there. right absolutely and it's like you said before if if you know where you're going to go and you know what your vision looks like where you're going to be right. in the next five ten years then right. you know where your partner's vision is going to slot in but before you have that vision it's a recipe for disaster really right. because it's like two two wild plants growing in the same pot you know it's yeah. <laughs> It's yeah. going to go a bit crazy at some stage. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, definitely. And, um, you know, I have this theory called the island theory. The island theory says this, like, we're all born, um, we're all born on, on inflatable boats in the ocean and with our families. And 
all families, meaning families and, and neighbors and relatives and communities f- are floating in some stream together, right? So mm-hmm. you have a lot of streams in the ocean, obviously, but the, one, the community that you grew in, that you were born into, is just in one stream and you're floating with every one of them in the stream. When, and then a lot of, uh, like basically there's a lot of um, floating like things in the ocean, like with the big S sign comfort zone on them. So they know if you just fall, you'd be able, someone will pick you up. And the thing is, dipping down inside, we are conquerors. Like that's what our, we are meant to be. We are meant to conquer islands. And so we know that. And the thing is, our family in the boat and the people around us, our friends and, and the school system and everything like that say to us, don't worry, be in the stream, it's all good. You know, you'll see a lot of islands on the way and you can stop whenever you see a good island that matches you, just stop over there and, you know, we'll get to a nice island soon and, you know, you'll, you'll be able to hop off and conquer that island, get back in the stream. And, um, and that's the whole problem because eventually it creates a lot of, you know, nobody teaches you that you have pedals in your boat. Nobody teaches you that. And nobody teaches you to use your inner compass. But if you do, and you pick up the pedals and you use your inner compass, you'll be able to understand that the islands and ask yourself, what island do I really want to conquer? Not the ones that are in my stream. What island do I want to conquer? You will understand that in most cases, they are way out of your freaking stream. And what you have to do pick up the pedals and start rowing yes. towards those islands. Now at age 18, <laughs> you get your own inflatable boat and you know, at one stage you're off to the races like, and, and you can stay in the, in the stream. All your friends and family would really want you to stay in the stream because they know that if you get out of the stream, yes. you're in harm's way, right? So your friends don't want to see you do something for yourself. They want to keep you close because you can help them. And your family don't want to see you get hurt. So they also want to see you, right? They also want to keep you in the stream. Nobody wants you to leave the stream. Once you do, though, then you can definitely um, you, you can definitely really make sure that you, you get to your uh, purpose in life because that's the only way, right? You use the pedals, you row, and you get there, and you find an island and you conquer it. And all uh, in the sea, you meet a lot of people like yourself, right? There's a lot of noise right now, right? You, I don't know if you're hearing this. Are you hearing like the whole yes. the craziness? Yeah. So. Um, Wait, it sounds wait. far away, but it's there. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so right now, like yes, that that was really interesting. Actually, it's a nice it's a nice picture you drew there of the islands. It's um, it's definitely very true. Yes, and sometimes it's it's hard to accept. And I I fought this for quite a while. Is that the people who are closest to you are the ones that will fight the hardest to keep you where you are right because they're afraid for you right you know because yeah they don't want to see you hurt like they They are there it's like that's right and they don't want you to move away that's one of the difficulties I, i i came across when it came to actually splitting with the partners in the business yeah um and well, the first thing I do, I didn't actually, you know, s- split the company. We, we came to an agreement sort of we let go of most of the employees, not all of them. Um, and then I took my team online, yeah. uh, which was what I always wanted. Nice. And, and yeah. then, you know, it's, um, 
but I think the first step was actually to separate. And then, of course, one of the partners was my husband. Yeah. And I think the difficulty there was to actually move away, move away from the business. Um, yeah. Preserving the personal relationship. And it's funny because he there was this element of fear of not wanting me to go into this unknown, this online business world, um, because, you know, it was, of course, taking me away from this business where we were together every day. Yeah. And it was taking me away from, you know, what, what to him was familiar. So that was, I think a difficult one. And I, I tried to understand why that, that happens for a long time. Um, and then I just put it to rest one day. <laughs> you know why? <laughs> well, I mean, for what what happens is this: um, your it seems like your you know your your husband um, was still convinced by the stream, right? We're all like, it's not our fault that we are like that. You know, we're growing up in a community. By the way, there's a part of our brain called the midbrain. It's in charge of our social beings, and we used to be in flux and communities, right? So therefore, we are really attached one. To communities, to to narratives, and the narratives that we grow up with in all our life, from our families, our friends, the school systems, everything, is stay in the stream. Now, when you as an entrepreneur take your uh, inflatable boat and start rowing, there's another element to it. If you're married, you have your partner with you in that same boat. So the thing is this: when two partners are rowing, we all gotta make sure we row in the same direction. But Absolutely. what happens is a lot of the times the two partners are rowing in different directions in a way. And it mm-hmm. sounds like, you know, in, in a way your partner did not want to really get away from the flock, from, from the community, maybe. Um, no. And in fact, um, he still runs his part of the business in the same way he used to run it before. He's, yeah. it's, he doesn't have a problem with that. He doesn't mind. Uh, the difficulties that came with that because that's what he knows and that's where he's comfortable but I wanted you know something different you wanted another island basically right I wanted wanted another island island, right you guys had an island but you want a different island and you know sometimes that's the that's the thing right so that's right that's right but you know it can happen and a lot of I'm I of course I talk about this a lot so I do meet a lot of people who used to be in business with their husband or who are in business with their husband and they have they find it difficult or their wife, you know, and they find it hard. And sometimes yeah. it's okay to accept that you are compatible individ- you know, as partners, but you are not terribly compatible as business partners. Yeah. So that's, that's perfectly okay. It's hard to unravel the herbal once you've gone really deep in yeah. business. Yeah. Um, but it is possible uh, yeah. to, to save your marriage in, sp- in spite of, all the difficulties because you know wherever there's money there's there's a there's a there's a charge you know right, so everything right. seems bigger all I the think, problems seem seem bigger when it when there's money involved people take yeah. it so seriously when there's money involved you know yeah because they that's what they say they say um most marriage marriages fail because of money issues something like that like there's anything which is and maybe it's because of the world we live in where money is, you know, an important piece. And, you know, you feel that if you, someone makes a bad choice and you will find yourself on the streets or whatever. So maybe, you know, it comes to primitive. That's true. But I, I also think that, you know, coming back to the law of attraction, yeah. <laughs> that money is energy. And it also connects back to the vision where if, 
if the vision and the money is are not flowing in the same di- in the direction yeah. you want them to yeah. or maybe one wants them to flow in one direction and the other one wants them to flow in a different direction because you have different visions different priorities then that's going to cause a lot of tension because it feels like right. you're not supporting each other it feels like you're not sort of giving each other priority in a way yeah. or giving each other's yeah. desires priority. So it, it becomes personal because there are all right. these different energies involved. Um, I, I did have a lot of money blocks and now, you know, I worked on it and I, I like to look at money as energy because that's what it is. It's just an yeah. energy. It's like you mentioned before, it feeds your life with abundance, but abundance feels and looks different to all of us. Right, right. I, I think it's so a great it's, analogy. Like, and we're not allowed an analogy as self, such as um, analyzation of money. Money is energy, right? Yeah. It also goes. Yes, and that's why it gets in the way of marriages because, you know, I think when marriages start going sour a little bit, it's also it, it, people go in, you go into that mindset and I've done it myself or sort of what am I getting out of this? It's almost like when you're in business and you're going to take a decision and you put down your pros and cons and the expenses and all that. Right. You can't really do that with marriage because it's marriage is about giving, not getting. So when you both go into that mindset, it can become a very slippery slope. Yeah, definitely. Wow. So Not, not going too much into the marriage thing. I know we, we, <laughs> no, yes. we, we talked before the show and we said we're not going to go to the business marriage. The business right. marriage. Yeah. <laughs> so um, going back to what you have going on right now, and let's wrap up with that. Like, so can you, can you tell us a bit what you have going on right now? What's your business, current business look like? Okay. Wow. This year has been a very different year. And it's, it's quite... Uh, It's quite strange. You know, we talked about vision and the law of attraction. And I, I'm, I'm a planner. I love to plan. I, I start in November, actually, which is one of my favorite months of the year because I love planning and I love the rain. And <laughs> it rains oh, a yeah. lot here in November. Um, and, you know, I started, I, I, I was trying to, I like to sit down and look at what's happened and plan the following year and, you know, then break it down the quarters and all the usual stuff. Yeah. But last year, I just couldn't do that. You know, usually I find it very easy to have ideas and see yeah. beyond and like connect with, with where I want to go, but I just couldn't. Mm. I just couldn't. And I tried to do the exercise again in January because, you know, like eight weeks passed and the year was over and yeah. Christmas was gone. And I was like, I still haven't done my plan. Yeah. So I did it. I tried again in January and I just couldn't. Just the lack of clarity. Um, so I just kind of went. Yes, there was like lack of clarity. Of course, I, I was also going through a little bit of a personal health problem. Um, I developed um, arthritis, um, huh. the, an autoimmune uh, yeah, disease, yeah. Which, which is a rheumatoid arthritis. And it's actually um, all started around, yes, um, my, my homeopath said it's because of many years um, all the, the, the sustained stress over many years, um, the wanting to be in a different place. Yeah. Um, you know, that's sort of disconnection between your body and, and, your, and yeah. your mind or sort of your spirit, you know, and it can cause autoimmune. And you probably find a lot of information about this in the Joe Dispenza books. Yeah, But Joe Dispenza talks about it uh, completely, like 100%. Yes. Like, yeah. 
and I, I, I lived through it. It's yeah. uh, and, to, and I, you know, I, I have, since I was young, I always hated uh, taking medication and pills because I've always been very sensitive to it. Yeah. It affects me a lot more and a lot faster than other people. So I'm a bit wary of off the shelf medication. So my first sort of port of call, apart from the COVID, the, the COVID situation, as soon as that hit, yeah. all my appointments were cancelled. Um, yeah. So I said, okay, that's fine. I won't see any sort of mainstream doctors. I will just continue my homeopathic treatment. And of course, that came with a lot of other things as well, um, you know, like habit changes and, you know, like meditation and yoga. I don't really do a lot of yoga, but I belly dance, which is kind of similar. So what, um, what, what, what were the things that you implemented into your life, like instant? Like so yes okay so the first thing I did was I went vegan overnight alkaline really? vegan yes and really? it's something I always knew agreed with me more I always felt pulled towards it um, but I never committed to it properly because I there's see this is another thing that goes with autoimmune I always sort of had this thing of giving everyone else priority. So when I went vegetarian before, because I thought, yeah, that's the first step to going vegan, yeah. I'll go vegetarian. I think that's a big part of the mistake. I'm not going to where you really want to go, but thinking that you have to take it into in small steps. Yeah, I think that was part of the problem. Um, but once I had a good reason to commit to it, it happened really, really easily. Whereas before I had gone vegetarian and I was just cooking the same meals yeah. And just not putting meat in my plate. Uh, yeah. So I wasn't, you know, there wasn't the, the self-care element, which of course to cure to cure yourself, even mentally, and you know, yeah. from the autoimmune is, is very important to yeah. to go into this mindset of taking care of yourself and leave this constant driving, uh, constant driving yourself. You know, my husband often says, When will you let yourself off the hook for a bit? Yeah. And, you know, because yeah. I do have a habit of just making, once I've made the plan on paper, I stick to it. Yeah. It's, I commit to it. Mm -hmm. um, if I don't plan, I'm fine. I can, you know, just do nothing for a week. But if I've put something down on paper, then I, it, I've got to tick that box, you know. I, yeah. Uh, my yeah. my, my, my to-do list has check boxes <laughs> and I'm addicted to those check boxes. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. need to tick them off. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, okay, so the things she gave me, a lot of stuff. Um, Definitely, weirdly enough, one 10 minute walk a day. Now, okay. I, I did like the grid in August last year, um, which is like, like Tough Mother or, you know, I, the local version of Tough Mother. I actually um, don't know what Tough Mother is. It's, it's like Iron Man. It's oh, okay, like okay. One, of the, one of the different ones. Okay. Um, so I've always trained a lot. Like I used to go to the gym every year for many, many years. Um, yeah. Every I used day. To, I used to run marathons when I was a kid. Oh, okay. um, so, you know, I, I've always, I, I used to run like 11 kilometers a day when I was a kid. That <laughs> was my daughter's oh. age. It's, I, I've always been very active, training, yeah. weight training, running. So for me, suddenly being unwell and not being able to train and being told I had to just take a walk for 10 days. I was like, <laughs> well, what's my life come to, you know? A walk? A 10 minute walk. A walk is for lazy people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like I can barely walk from the office to the kitchen. <laughs> you know, I <laughs> <run>. <laughs> um, 
And that's actually, I was amazed at how good I felt every day after that 10 minute walk. Yeah. Because it was, it was like a way of really bringing down the, the buzzing in my head. Right. If you know what I mean? You know, it's like we start off slow. I have a morning routine, um, which is, you know, the lifesavers from the miracle morning. Okay, nice. Yes, I have done that since 2014. Uh-huh. And when I take a break from it, I actually see my productivity take a dip. Really? So it's, wow. it's, it's, quite, it's quite incredible. So, I, that's, that really is something that changed my life. But, but question, like you say you do it from 2014. So in the burnout was this year. So what happened? Mm-hmm. I mean, is it, was, was well, it not in? Actually, no? actually I, the, it's the, the autoimmune disease came out this in November last year. But the burnout happened before. I actually, I think it was 2015 or 16. And... What happened was that I actually had an accident. I slipped, I, I cut, I still have the scar here. I haven't removed it because I actually want to remind myself not to go there again. So I haven't completely moved on from it. But I actually uh, fell and, you know, we used to live in a, in a 300-year-old house at the time. Uh-huh. And so our, we had glass that was like 100 years old. So it was very, wow. very fine. So it's not like I walked through the door or anything, or I, I, but it's just like just a little knock and it, and it, and it, and it just broke in two oh, and it sliced my head. And wow. there was a lot of blood. My husband wow. was panicking. Oh, my was like, <laughs> wow. um, and I had to go to work, you know, meeting all these big CEOs and all the employees with this big thing on my wow. head because <laughs> I didn't stop working. Yeah. But it was, it, was, it was the stress. I was actually having an argument with my husband and it was I had worked myself into this, this state. And I was just overworking myself. In, that, in those days, I was doing the miracle morning for the wrong reason. I was waking up really early to put in like extra hours in the morning because I was doing like one or two hours to start my online business. And then I'd do like another two hours of work to prepare for work. Yeah. So that's when I came in, I had everything ready. I, I used to prepare all the emails to delegate all the work to the employees yeah. and everything they needed to know to start the day and have yeah. them all in my inbox. And when I get to my office, I'd sit down, plug in, and they'd all, and all the outbox would, yeah. all the emails would leave huh. so that I'd have a few hours to myself to get my own work done in the morning. Yeah. It wasn't a recipe for success. It sounds efficient, but... It was a recipe for burnout. And you know what shocked me? And this was, I think, a big turning point is that people turned around to me and said, well, the people who are actually coming into my office and giving me the work and putting it on my desk said, it's your fault. You take on too much work. Uh-huh. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and everyone, everyone was saying, it's your fault. It's your fault. And I was like, yeah. Why do I feel this? And I think it's like you said before, it's the community. We feel like we have to participate yeah. and we don't distinguish between our, our normal selves and our business selves. And I just had this thing that I was always ready to help. Yeah. So I was encouraging people to give me more and more work. But, but my was... question is like, so I think everybody listening right now is into doing more and more. I mean, I don't know, but mm-hmm. like I know that Right now, I am doing a lot. Like, we all want to do a lot to live our life mm-hmm. to the fullest. So we want to do a lot in work and a lot with the kids and a lot with, like, everything. Mm-hmm. 
so, and you said, I, I want to bring you forward for a second, just for, or, or tell me if you want to go back to that burnout, but no. for this burnout as well, like the autoimmune system is telling you you're burned out. Like, you know, and, and it's a result of that. What it's telling me is, I think it's, uh, I see it as a big blessing, actually, because in spite of making a lot of changes and being in a better place in the business and doing the business that I wanted, I was still not taking care of myself. I was still doing more than I should be doing. I was yeah. still not resting enough. I was still not doing enough of the stuff yeah. that fills my cup. So what it said was, hey, for me, that's what the autoimmune said. It said, now I'm going to make you slow down. My body said, yeah. now I'm going to make you slow down. So you yeah. have the time to see. So you have the time to see, to think, and to feel your way. Yeah. Because in spite of being where you are, maybe you're not feeling it enough, if you know what I mean. Because yeah. like you said, you, you tend to do a little bit too much. And I'm definitely, I think all entrepreneurs, because we have all these ideas and, you know, we know that there's quite a few of them that that could be really good for us so you know we, we want to try them all yeah but not at the expense of our health because right. we all have that cutoff point and I think it's a big trap because you know we mentioned Grant Cardone and we mentioned um, you know there's all these great coaches and some of them say work less earn more and some of them say you got to drive yourself you got to hustle this hustle yeah. thing and I think you just have to do what feels right for you because it's, it's the way it aligns with your priority. I wanted to have my own business so that I can have more time to spend with my daughter, with my family, and also, of course, to be able to help my clients. Yes, I wanted to feel like I'm you know, contributing, yeah. but I also wanted to have plenty of time. And I think when I became clear about that and I put that in my vision, that's when it's made a big difference. And of course, I still kept doing the miracle morning, but of course I started really manifesting when I want what I wanted when I was really aligned with it at a deep level. Because right. before that, I was just doing what people tell me I should be doing. Yeah. What people tell me I should be aiming for. This is a big risk, I think, where we put we place our goals based on what we see working for others. Yeah. And then and then basically going back to the island theory you used your inner yeah. compass. You started using your inner compass, right? That's right. And I was forced to because I, yeah. I was moving in that direction, yeah. but I was still, uh, there was something that I, there was something about this persona that the agency gave me that I found really difficult to shed. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're trapped in our you know, past careers. I feel that the same way. It's like, almost I like a hard shell. Yeah. yeah, it's like a hard shell. And sometimes you think I am not my career and I am not my history. And what if, you know, all of that was gone? You know, at one stage I had a lot of, you know, going to talk into another big topic, um, imposter syndrome. You yeah. start thinking, you know, I want to do this, but I will not go there yet, even though I know it's right for me because maybe I don't have enough experience. There isn't enough in my past to right. justify that is my next step. And I think that was actually one of the mistakes I made as well, because I wanted to coach online. I wanted to be a marketing coach yeah. and I, I coach coaches. 
So I thought I really have to have a lot of experience coaching before I can go out online and say everyone that I'm a coach for coaches. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, so I took far too long to do that. Far too long to do that. And I and I now that I look back, I mean, I had the skills to do it back then. I just didn't have the courage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah, I mean, we can get into the topic of courage, which is a whole other topic. Um, I we we need to wrap out wrap up. Um, mm-hmm. I got like um, I I'm I'm just thinking about the you know how should we close this because we talk about the law of attraction, we talk about making decisions, we talk about like taking care of yourself, which by the way is such an important piece. Like everybody, listen to what Stephanie says, right? And look around you. People are getting you know. The autoimmune system is here to tell you really if you're going too far, but sometimes it, you might not be so lucky, you know, and it might attack itself in a, you know, harder way. Um, and we all, I think, need to take care of ourselves more. I'm also trying to think, how can I take care of myself more? So I try to work out, even if it comes on top of my work, right? So I'm like, I, I, I've, I've been doing 75 hard this year. So I saw how, um, actually, I was managing to take care of myself plus build a business. So it was like, what? This thing, you know, it doesn't work. I mean, I'm doing all this stuff, like spending all my time and working out and still my business is growing. How can that be? And it, it does work. So once you take care of yourself, then this works. And second thing is alignment. Be aligned with what you want to achieve. Use your inner compass. And don't, um, don't put all the thoughts on what others are doing, just put the thoughts on what you want to be creating, what you want to manifest into your life. Looking back to the, um, looking back just finally to the law of attraction, right? And then, That's be, right. right? And then like also be on that level of massive action, right? We want to be on that level of massive action, but not without taking care of ourselves. Um, so I guess my question to you is, um, what now is your, what are your habits nowadays in order to make sure that you take care of yourself plus also work with massive action to build your business? Okay, that's interesting. So first of all, I finally got over the fear of working too much because when I first got ill, I was like, am I going to work too much? And am I going to go back to how I felt? You know, there were days when I spent a whole two days in bed and I just couldn't do any work. And that terrifies me because I've got clients that need <laughs> stuff to be delivered. Yeah. Um, so, yes, okay. So, would be my habits? So, the, one of the most important things, I think, is as, a, as, an, as an alkaline vegan, of course, I am sticking to the, to the, to the diet. Um, I think one of the things that helps me stick to the diet is that now I have, I have seen... I have seen and tried a lot of different things. In the beginning, it's hard like anything. If you don't have enough information about something, like going vegan takes yeah. a lot of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's important that now I, that I know enough, I, I obviously stick to an alkaline diet most of the time. And that really keeps me, keeps me in line. It's a good exercise for businesses as well. Because yeah. My um, he just doesn't have that the cooking gene, uh, so I actually still cook um, meat and I cook so I cook different meals for my husband and my daughter. So okay. I am still exposed to stuff I used to like 
yeah. and it is a daily temptation. And I think that actually is is actually a um, a discipline building habit. Being right. exposed to stuff yeah. that you know to to it's like testing my commitment to yeah. being alkaline vegan on a daily basis. Definitely. The most important thing as as an alkaline vegan, I think, is to make sure that I get all the nutrition on a daily basis and right. avoid getting brain fog. And I think even for people who are on a regular diet, there are things in our diet that give us brain fog. And as entrepreneurs, we can feel the brain fog. It's, right. It gets in the way. So, you know, I make sure that I get, you know, the right smoothies in the morning. And sometimes I'll be really tired in the morning and I have a, you know, I'm starting coaching early and I get really tempted to just walk past the kitchen and not grab my smoothie. I'll just go and make a tea. And I'm like, you know, it's, it's sticking to that. that yeah. The 10 minute walk makes a very big difference. And also, you know, I would doing something you enjoy. If it's something like dancing or exercising, it's great because you can do a little bit of it every day. Right. But it, it's got to be something that relaxes your brain. Because, you know, like we read a lot of books. It's like I love reading. But if I close my office door and, and, and go home and, and I'm reading more business books, and I, which I did for many, many years. And then my husband used to be like, how can you do this? I was in overdrive. I was yeah. like reading lots and lots of books, like yeah. up to four books a week on top wow. of, yeah. I, I, I'm a bit of a natural insomniac. So <laughs> I tend to have more time on my hands than the average person. So you're saying you don't um, read books anymore, like right now? Like you're, you're... No, what I do is that when I want to relax, I, I'll either pick a cookery book or, you know, at the moment I'm reading... Um, the Signature of All Things by Elizabeth Gilbert. It's a beautiful book, really nicely written. Um, of course, as a blogger slash writer, I do a lot of a lot of copy, and I'm yeah. involved in that. Yeah. Reading fiction is something that just feeds creativity into your right. writing, yeah. but it's also a big hard cut from the real world, not yeah. only from your working life. Right. So I think reading fiction is something I had stopped doing for a long time. And now that I've put it back into my life, it yeah. makes a big, big difference. Okay. Got it. And um, so definitely, you... definitely those, those, those things. And the miracle morning is still there. I have two versions of the miracle morning. Uh -huh. um, and the first one is the normal half an hour one, which is, you know, you have your lifesaver. So there's a bit of meditation, you know, a bit of journaling, um, a bit of reading, which is the educational side. And then you have your vision board and your goals and your uh, affirmations. And then I have a six minute version of that, which I do when I'm so excited about the project. I just really want to get to down to work and I can't wait. And then I have like, I literally do one minute of each <laughs> just to tick the boxes. Now my famous oh. checklist. <laughs> and yeah, that, that has made a big difference. I don't get up at four o'clock in the morning anyway, anymore to do it though that was effective at the time. Um, but considering how things panned out, I would say feel your, your way into it because I was really pushing myself when I was waking up so early and working all those hours in the day. And now I see that it was not necessary. And I was just listening to what a lot of people say works for them. And I thought, oh, if I can just add four more hours to my day, everything will be fine. But it's like you said, it's adding those things that give you energy that actually makes you more productive, not adding things that are going to yeah. really drain you and in the end yeah. lead you to burnout. Right. Right. So taking care of yourself. Um, and yeah, I guess it's a great way to, to finish off here. And um, for 
one question that I ask everyone who comes on the show just for uh, finishing is um, one, where can people find you? And I know, Oh, right. So yeah, like Stephanie, uh, Fitani.com slash 10 steps, right. Which is, um, actually something that you, you can give some value to the audience, right? Yes. Um, I have, um, a free PDF, um, one thing all my clients and audience have in common is that they're looking for leads. Who isn't looking for leads in business? Right. And we haven't so talked I about have, that, but yeah. Um, a checklist. <laughs> yes. I have a checklist on, the, on my website, which basically helps you make sure that you have, you know, like the 10 most important things to t- get leads from your website. Because it's not all about traffic. The traffic needs to convert into business. So Yeah. Okay. Got it. Nice. Nice. All right. Um, and are you on Instagram? Any other platforms like just to mention? Yes, I'm on Instagram. Um, I'm also on Facebook and I have a YouTube account. Um, I do a weekly live. Perhaps that's the best place to connect with me directly. I do a weekly live on Facebook called the Content Tea Party. Okay, and cool. you can find that on the Facebook page, which awesome. is Stephanie Fiteni. Just search that on Facebook yep. and you can find the page. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much. And Final question. One book that you want to recommend to our listeners? Oh, one book that I want to recommend. Well, that's going to be this one for sure. It sits on my desk and it's always here. I got it. <laughs> All right. Phil Jones, exactly what to say. Awesome. And right. it's called, yes, Phil Jones, exactly what to say. I find it a time saver. You know why it's a time saver? Because it's got all these um, little tips on what to say. It's, it's, right. it's actually about sales, which is something right. Right. obviously we all need. When you, yeah. So to read it through is a great book, um, but to keep it on your desk and when you're stuck, you know, writing an important email or something, it can take you 10 minutes instead of an hour to write that important email. So a very important book to have on your desk. Awesome. Awesome. So Stephanie, thank you so much. I think we talked about such important topics here. If you guys liked it, please just take a snapshot right now of whatever you're using to listen or to see this interview and just uh, tag us on Instagram and Facebook, wherever you want. Just share uh, this episode and you can find Stephanie at Stephanie Fitani and you can find me at Siggy Schreiber. It's very easy. Uh, you can also tag commit first um, and um Anyways, Stephanie, thank you so much. Appreciate you for coming on the show. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much for watching. And if you like what you just saw, please consider subscribing down below and also clicking the notifications button. Subscriptions go a long way. It's your way of saying thank you. I want to hear more from you. So I would love to see you here subscribe and and for me to be able to reach you with uh, other videos that I post here. Besides that, I would love to invite you to the community over on Facebook. It's the Creatorpreneurs community. So just go over to Facebook and search for Creatorpreneurs. I'll also link it here down in the show notes. And one last thing, I have a weekly newsletter coming out with books that I read and I recommend, with podcasts that I listen to, and with a personal note sharing my insights uh, for other creatives in order to build their business and lifestyle business and uh, build their tribe. So if you are interested in that, you can also head on to the link in the show notes where you can subscribe to the weekly newsletter. Um, that's how I came up. I love newsletters. So wish you tons of success with your journey and hope to see you again in the next video. Cheers.